Welcome to the Sport Project Podcast. This week, Renee is busy with some external work, and we have the lads again. Lads, lads, lads. We've got Carlos yeah, and Chris boys. Smith. Yeah, get around boys. us. We're here all day. We're not running here for an hour, so get around us while we're here. How are you, guys? How are you, mate? Yeah, good as gold. Still in lockdown. Still, um, I'm allowed out for two hours a day now, not just one. And my curfew's been lifted from 8 o'clock at night to nine o'clock at night, which will yeah. enable me um, probably another six or seven beers in the pub that's still closed and not actually serving. So yeah, absolutely <laughs> fucking useless. But failing that, mate, I'm great. Thank you for asking. That sounds fantastic, Chris. Well, I'm just yeah. free as a bird up in Queensland. What about you, Carlo? What have you been doing? Which pubs have you been visiting? Um, not been doing that much, really. Um, I've had my daughter for the last three weekends, which has always been fun. Um, Beautiful. And um, yeah, just working away and coming back and just uh, yeah, right, mate. time at home. Cut it off. I, right. do, I do know you've been playing some soccer, though, in hopes of getting a call-up yes. for the A-League. What are your chances there? Well, yeah, slim to probably not, really. And, and for those out there who haven't seen any images of Carlos playing, I think we should probably put some up on our Instagram page at we the will. Sport we Project will. Podcast. Um, they are nothing short of hilarious. <laughs> Vic- Victorians in dark times, it's definitely a shining light. It is. It hey, is. Do you like the fact, though, that the, the only shirt that they had was a large... And obviously, I'm a big guy, and I look like, as uh, Sash would say, a walnut in a condom. I just look condom full of walnuts. Not as ripped as that. I just look like a big blamonge in a in a condom. Condom full of marshmallows. I just I just (laughs) had my dinner, and people might listen to this at breakfast time. So let's move from that visual. Yes, let's move right on. We have a big night, guys. We talk everything Formula One, NFL. We've got the English Premier League, the Super League in the UK, the NRL, as always. And Chris will uh, talk about the horses and the golf, in particular the US Open. Um, big show, boys, big show. Who wants to kick it off? Carlos, do you want to get us? Let's go overseas, because we can't go overseas on a plane, so let's go overseas with the sport. Kick yeah, us well, off with the EPL. Well, the EPL, a fair few results. A couple of not- notable results were Arsenal beating New Boys Fulham 3 0, uh, and Chelsea, as, as we do because of all the Russian influence, Chelsea. Uh, looking good, beating uh, Brighton Hove Albion 3-1. The future champions, Manchester United, and their shadow lesser team, Man Man City, uh, are yet to play. Um, I don't know why they've not played in the first round of fixtures, but they didn't, and they're going to play next week. I think but, the game's uh, got suspended because of COVID. Manchester's kind of rife for COVID at the moment. So check on your parents, Doug. I'll check on mine and we'll... Uh, in it. Yeah. Carlos, didn't your parents actually have COVID? Well, no, they didn't, actually. <laughs> oh, so that you text message you sent to all of us that yeah, said that they, they had COVID, we all got really concerned. You were along, actually lying to us. Along yeah, with the mm, GoFundMe yeah. page. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it's all no. coming together now. And he's got a new car. Uh, yeah, right. My, my brother did, but my mum and dad didn't have it. So, it, But my dad had a really bad chest infection and my dad's got a bit of asthma, so it was it was quite uh, heated. Anyway, just uh, on the APL, the, the game of the round was the Champions Liverpool and the New Leeds, Boys Leeds. Leeds, Leeds. And uh, yeah, we ended up 4-3 uh, and uh, Mo Salah scoring a hat-trick and Liverpool nipping it in probably the last five minutes. But what a cracking game it was and uh, you know, Leeds held uh, some high regarded. Uh, of their of their stature in the in the new champ, uh, champ, Champions League in the uh, Premier League, so yeah, mate, it's uh, it's going so well. Um, do you want me to move on to the Super League? Well, you know what, we're already in the UK, so instead of getting a plane ticket back home, let's stick to the UK Super League. Really? Hit it, I mean, son. Sasha and I are nearly asleep. You might as well. Finish yeah, seriously, hey. <laughs> well, the the UK Super League, um, it's a bit different. 
it's had stop start it started and then it stopped again because of Covid um, the, the final positions in the regular season will be determined by a points percentage so um, for the first time since the introduction of Super League back in 1996 the number of points gained will not be the deciding factor in the final placing although the title will be determined by a four team playoff now don't ask me how they're going to come up with a percentage but that's yeah. the way they're going to do so, it so it's a points percentage so what's it a percentage of you know, points for and points against, or is it... It must be all that plus the points that they earn, and then they, they put it all together and come up with some calculation. Has, any, has this ever happened before anywhere in the world in any form of sport? I've never heard of this. Never. Cricket they do it, don't they, if there's a rain day. It's called the Duckworth-Lewis system, and no one fucking understands it. Ah, no, no, literally no one understands it. They go, yeah, even according even to the Duckworth-Lewis Lewis system, Australia has won the game and it's just like mate how does that work because Australia are four for a hundred and India scored zero for 850 and because I said so yeah yeah, exactly and everyone just goes yeah Duckworth Lewis said it so let's just run with it yeah it's called the flippage of the coinage Um, (laughs) Carlos just in the future if you are going to bring up stuff like that you really do need to do your research and understand Uh, what that means uh, well I should but I don't want to Mm. okay well, that's fair. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Well, you know, look, while we're, while we're on the Super League and while we're on Rugby League, let's just go straight across to Rugby League. Let's fly back to Australia. Let's talk NRL. Yeah, yeah well, let's, let's, let's go to a serious, like a serious mm, competition. This is oof. a proper competition. Yep. Oof. Roosters yep. 42-12 against the Knights on fire. On oh, absolutely. Oh, they're back, fire. are they? They're back. They're back. They're back oh, sorry. They've actually, got, they've actually got some of their players back. So they've got half-strength side and we are playing exceptional. Sunny Bill, solid game. And, they um, did. Very good. Yeah, and I believe Boyd Cordner had a had another head knock, Carlos. Yeah, well, this is the content, contentious issue of the game at the moment. Obviously, with CTE major playing a major part in all kind of contact sport, we're, we're very aware of it, and there's a lot of research being done on the brains of uh, the, the people that pass away, and then obviously donating the brains and seeing how um, CTE affects these individuals. But you know, a lot of concern is around Boyd Cordner. Now, he was um, obviously touched before the game in regards to his cousin, Joel Dark, who unfortunately passed away from an on-field incident. And he was fighting back the tears and he he just threw himself into the game. And basically, it was a kick-through. It wasn't contact with any type of player. It was Mm. a kick-through. He's dived on the ball, but the velocity that he was travelling, obviously, he's cracked his head on the the ground. Now, the Roosters are saying it wasn't a, a concussion, but if it was a concussion, um, then it would be the fourth concussion for the season. Mm. So he's had three already. And it's a worrying mm. concern. Now, I think he'll be looked after by the Roosters because uh, Trent Robinson and, and, the, and, the, uh, and the mob there will, will take him out of games. I can't see him playing for a week or two, but it is concerning. You know, Boyd Cardner is the New South Wales captain. He's the Australian captain. All-round top bloke as well. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, we, we, we hope he recovers from this as as quickly as possible. Uh, tough, tough tournament, uh, tough game this week against the Sharks. But you, you just can't. Uh, his health isn't worth any of that. It really no. isn't, is it? They played the Knights, didn't they? No, they've got the, the Sharks this week. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but four concussions, Carlo. What's the rule in a season? I thought it was three, and you can't play anymore this season. Well, I think he has to be monitored. I think after his third one, so he did one in training, he did one early in the round, did one in training, and then one in a game. And I think what they're trying to do now is these HIEA tests. But again, we're we're quite new into this mm. head trauma type scenario with the testing. Now, me- metabolic rates of people recovering 
could be different. You know, we don't we don't know that. We're very early in the, in the piece, so he he will undergo massive amounts of testing. And if he's fit to play, then he probably will, could he could play probably next week mm. if they're not being classed, classing this as a concussion. However, I think the club will show a bit of duty of care, and I think they'll pull him. I think he won't play this week, and I don't think he'll play for the next two weeks. I think that's the right call. You know, if, mm. he, if he's had that um, type of head injury, and in light of his um, cousin as well, I think it's just the right decision. No, nothing's more important than someone's health, and not even another flag. You know, so yeah. um, you know, to me, like I wouldn't be on it, um, surprised if he sat out the rest of the season. But at the same time, it depends on um, you know what the medical team are going to say about that. But they've Bring got a good. They've got a good deputy there, Chris, sorry for cutting you off, a uh, good deputy coming in with Sonny Bill Williams and I think he yes. had a, a cracking game, one of the strongest games. Mm. Uh, I've seen him in his two-week stint uh, and he played a few more minutes and, and his contribution was a little bit better. <laughs> That's the best game he's played in his two games he's played back. Well, it's just like saying, it's like going and getting seafood one night for dinner and going, this is the best seafood I've had all day, it's the first seafood you've had all day. <laughs> I realised what I said after I said it, typical no, Carlo, really. He was, he was a lot more solid and he seemed a lot more calm and composed and I, and I was really impressed with his ball handling from first receiver too. Mm. You know, when, you, when you've got a big forward that can set the line on there and really worry defenders and make them make decisions and then have the ability to, to throw that bullet past then, then it, it adds like a, a like an extra loose forward technically an extra ball yeah. playing loose forward and I thought he was I thought he was quite sensational he really wiped out the uh, the doubt that I had after the first game back his fitness yeah. is still not there and, and probably won't be until next season I would imagine mm. yeah. um, I think it'll take him three or four games Chris at yeah, least I think so to be too. at the level so where he can do 20-25 with, you know, without coming off yeah. I was um, you know, I'll get you to expand on the NRL a bit further but I was really impressed with the Panthers against um, Parramatta oh, um, yes. early, like, they're looking like, like an absolute world class domination aren't they cr- like crazy they, they couldn't finish in the first half and they, if they would have finished the eight attempts they would have had there they it would have been up 40 nil at half yeah. time but they're just so clinical um you know everyone's playing really well kick playing really well Cleary's yeah. in, on a, in absolute fine form he he's one of the best in the comp at the moment for mine mm. um they're just a sensational team yeah i i agree with you but i think you've got credit paramount's defense and resolving oh. defense i think that yeah. that first that first 15 minutes, 20 minutes was an onslaught from Penrith, and and, and again, Parramatta did amazing to to actually keep them out the out, out the out of scoring in in that passage of play. But I think Parramatta are really are really struggling offensively with in their attack at the moment. Mm. It's um, gone it's gone from grace really for over the last couple of weeks for them, and, and there's a lot of people telling them that they're that they're kind of gone, you know, um, leading into the finals, and this is the time. That you probably, if you're going to have a loss, you'll have a loss before the finals, just to give give, give everyone a reality check. However, this has been, um, you know, I, I don't know if the Parramatta can bring this back. I mean, Mitchell Moses earlier on in the season was absolutely phenomenal. We're talking about him being the next Australian scrum half for God knows how long, and he's taken a little bit of a dip in form since coming back from injury. And, and I've I've just not seen the Mitchell Moses take the control of the game like he was doing before he got yes. injured. Um, and, and with that off the back of that you've got an enormous forward back with not really much direction off your half back then that leads into the back of, uh, your, your back line really struggling with what to do and if you've got a, a half back that isn't playing with much confidence then that then that in turn leaves the rest of your the rest of your team stranded and I think that's just where they're at with him right now and on the other hand though Gutherson is absolutely incredible. He's been playing yeah. so well and rallying the troops in that first half. He led that defence. 
every time someone would do, you know, do a good thing, do a good tackle or whatever, he was right behind him. He was geeing up the team. He was firing everyone up. He's, mm. I think, for mine, he's been really good this season. Well, that's what I mean. The Panthers now have got a target on their back, and they've made the bed, made their own bed. And but they're taking on all rivals and destroying all rivals. I mean, I, I'll be surprised if they get if they get beat again before the finals. I, I, I can't see them getting beat the way they're playing right now. They, they're just so complete in everything that they do. Well, they've just they've just. Uh, completed the NRL record with 13 wins in a row, mm. uh, taken from the Melbourne Storm. But the, the the others that are around the pack, I think um, you've got the Raiders. You know, the Raiders mm. could be a real threat again, coming in late. Uh, and I think, um, you know, you've got people like the Rabbits. Rabbits are really under the radar at the moment. No one's even looking at them. But they, they had another really hard-fought win against uh, the West mm. Tigers. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's all looking up. And, and I, so think, it, I think, the, Raiders, I think the Raiders have got to be noticed and the Rabbits have got to be noticed. They've put some big scores on opposition over the last mm. few weeks. The hard-fought game against the Tigers on the weekend was probably their biggest test of them all, but mm. they seem to be clicking quite late on. Melbourne Storm um, do what they do year in, year out. They start well, they have that little lull in the middle of the season and they finish strong like they are now. Cowboys credit they put up a great fight over the weekend but Melbourne Storm were just too clinical too big and, and too strong um, led by led again by Cam Smith and bloody hell I hope he goes again next year mm. Bellamy was still pretty angry though with his side wasn't he at the end yes. for giving him those late tries he was he's always you know, angry he, he always is eh? they go yeah he boys played pretty well and he was just he was a bit roadbull about the defence yeah. in the late minutes but um they played well. If, if you looked at him in the manager's box, in the, in the, in the coach's oh, box, and the your team had just won 16 little, but you didn't know the result and you saw his face, you'd swear they got beat by 50. You know what I mean? 100%. He's never happy. He, throw, he throws a lot oh. of things around. Yeah. During the game, it's absolutely entertaining Even Ricky Stewart, to beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. Sticky gets a bit aggro too, which is great. Yeah, oh, does. it's bloody good. It's bloody good. All right, guys, let's wrap up the NRL. Everyone out there listening, if you're not following us already, go to the Sport Project podcast on Instagram. MySpace account is still alive. We have Green Day when I come around when you click on it, so get around that. still a favourite track. Um, Chris, let's go to the horses. Now, there's some really exciting stuff. We're talking about bringing horses over for the Melbourne Cup. We talk Huey Bowman. There's some really good stuff going on out there, but not so it's much for Huey Bowman. Not so much for Huey Bowman, no. If, if you didn't really understand about Huey Bowman, he got suspended for eight weeks, it was just recently, after uh, after a collision with Andrew Atkins, actually. And his horse, um, forget the name of the horse, which had to be euthanized. Andrew Atkins still in hospital with a, a no, he's not in hospital now, but he was, with a, with a fair few injuries going off it. Uh, Huey Bowman served his eight his eight-week suspension, but coming back this weekend, he rode again at Rose Hill for the first time in those eight weeks, and he's now under scrutiny again. And it was for his ride on the two-dollar forty favourite Farnan. Now, the John, if, John, if you did not, John, no, 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 no. If you did see, if you did see the race, you'd understand it. There was a lot of money laid on Farnan. Farnan's a bit of a superstar in the making, and Huey Bowman is, in my eyes, probably the best man for the job to ride it. But it jumped the gates and it shot out in front and Huey vowed for the lead. He wanted to get this horse to the lead, but with it still being a young colt, it wanted to keep going. So that saw him in such a short race just power out eight, nine, ten lengths in front of um, other horses. Now, it couldn't sustain that to the finish line and it was picked up in the end by Rothfire. Ended up finishing fifth, which threw punters and a lot of pundits into absolute turmoil. They couldn't believe what they called initially an experience of Hugh Bowman to do such a thing on a horse with such quality. Um, now, the stewards looked into it straight away. So when you first re- in your first uh, meet back after an eight-week suspension, it's not really a good place to be for Huey Borman. But in, in terms, it comes out that he, um, sectionals later on in the race were pretty similar to that from some horses which actually went on to win. 
So it, it's not really that unusual that he did that. Huey Bowman wasn't seen to be pushing the horse to go out even further. He kind of tried to let it relax, but take it at its own tempo. Um, so he's not really under any scrutiny. Initially, people were thinking he should be suspended again. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case now. So he will continue riding, which is great coming in to the spring season, obviously. Yeah, I, Chris, I, I'm, you'll be dead proud of me. I, I listen to the big sports breakfast every morning and they, it always goes over and I've just got my earphones in working away. Mm. And it goes into the post-mortem. So I listened to that on Monday. Yeah. And wow, did Huey Bowman, good friend of ours as well. And, you know, he, he absolutely copped an earful. How could it, How could he ride that way? And, uh, well, I, I, I'll tell you, I'm, a lot of them was, a lot of the uh, reporters or the journalists were sticking up for Huey and saying, well, mm. listen, sometimes you can't control the horse. A horse wants to do that. Mm. Then it's very hard to, 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 to pull him back because it can do yeah. more damage than good. But they did say, he said, listen, if um, Farnham now, everyone's moving away from him to to, mm. to have him, because I think they're in a, there is, he's coming up into a big race, Farnham, isn't it? Yeah. Is it the Caulfield Cup? Caulfield yeah. Cup? Yeah, he's going to be running the Caulfield Cup, yeah, one of the races. Yeah, but everyone's now saying, mm, mm. I, I can't back him after that performance, you know. And I, I, think that's, that's, I think that's a really silly state of mind. The, the horse was pushed to the lead by Huey, he just didn't settle as well. He's come back. Um, he's come back a gelding, so he's still he's still a bit of a, a, a ballsy a ballsy horse. Mm. But he he just wanted to go, and Huey just let him go because, like you say, it's a rider's discretion. Sometimes they can try and hold it up, and it exerts way more energy than it would to actually let it sustain a lead. Yeah. But with a horse of that kind of capability, it wouldn't have been so surprising if it did have enough left in the tank. It was eventually. Um, reined in by Rothmore and Rothmore went on to win the race ridden by Jimmy Byrne who's a very experienced jockey who later on said he said look I saw the way he went out but like every ride that I ride in I ride my horse I don't ride based on what other people do I yeah. ride my race and I ride my horse and he did that to absolute perfection and um, he, he took it away with a win but the good news out of this story is that Huey doesn't look like he's going to be suspended again he will be with us hopefully unless touch wood Nothing else happens in between now. And the Melbourne Cup, we will be here for that. Now, the Melbourne Cup, again, boys, it seems like Aidan O'Brien will be sending six runners for the Melbourne Cup. That is wonderful news. Now, they look to be touching down. It may be next week for quarantine. Now, if we, if we take the clock back a little bit, we was having conversations that there will be no um, overseas imports because of COVID-19, because of restrictions. They've been eased. We are now seeing some overseas horses. Uh, one, of the, one of those Aidan O'Brien horses is Anthony Van Dyke. Now, it will cop top weight in both Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup at 58.5 kilos. Can it carry that? Yes, UK horses run a lot longer distance with a lot more weight. This is the Melbourne Cup, though. Horses are bred very differently here, so it is, um, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Fingers crossed that these COVID numbers continue to go down and we can actually get people through the turnstiles at Flemington because that would be, that would be an, an amazing achievement. What I heard they're having on the Gold Coast. <laughs> I actually heard they're having at the Gold Coast this year. The Melbourne Cup will be held at the Magic Millions home ground Sam Burgess is riding the favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sam Burgess is riding the favourite, correct. Yeah. And what's, what was the horse called? Silver Sovereign. Uh, Anthony Van Dyke. Is that any relation to Dick? <laughs> was you was you really waiting to get that in? As, he as was. Soon as, that's I, the... as soon as I said oh. the name, his face went as red as it is right now. Look, <laughs> like a little cherry tomato, and he got so happy with himself. He reminds uh, me of um, old mate from The Hangover when he's in that movie when Alan. he's going for president or something, and he goes, "It's <laughs> 
Rory could get Carl, you're banned. Fuck, turn his mic off. I've <laughs> got to give you a... Uh, I do have to give you a Smithy Shaw thing, and this oh, is going to yeah. be the Newcastle Cup this weekend. We've seen it win twice as it's come back from a break, Global and quest. it is the Wonder Horse Mugger 2. Oh, yeah, that it's is a good it's, it's paying $2 in the Newcastle Cup, and I just think um, they had options to run it at Randwick in a big listed race, but they opted to take the Newcastle Cup coming into the Spring Carnival, and I think it's a wonderful idea. There will be one at um, running at Randwick as well. I think owned by the same contingent, or one of our mates owns this as well. This is Mustard Year running. Oh, yeah, Randwick. Mustard Year. Sunny's also, isn't it? Yeah. They, both of them are Mugger 2 and Mustard Year. Yeah. Oh, hashtag get the luggage, guys. Get out there. Was was Mustard Year? I thought Mustard Year was uh, racing in Europe. Has he been brought no. back? Nope. No, he's been no, in Australia no, he's been for, a for a while. while. Yeah. Oh, is it? I've been uh, hearing about Global Quest as well. A mm. horse called Global Quest. Yeah. And uh, there's another one in my. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, I forgot. Great, great stories, those Carlos. Is, is, this, yeah. is um, this for the Melbourne Cup? If it's for the Melbourne Cup, there's oh, another Oh, Russian Camelot as well. Rush, Russian Camelot, yeah, that run at the weekend that got beat. Uh, run, a, run a very, very solid race. That run at Flemington, actually, got beat by the horse that I tipped. Just saying. Mm. Russian else? Camelot though did, didn't lose any fans. Didn't lose any fans. It was four wide the trip coming from a wide yeah. gate, and he stormed home and, and, and just couldn't get to the leader. Um, but absolutely you, incredible performance. You impressed me that I am actually studying form. I'm, well, am, I'm not. I'm just listening to it as as I work away, and then realise that I'm listening to a post mortem. But it's actually quite interesting to listen to everyone's opinions it on it. Anyway, it is if you get if you get involved in it. But another one for the Melbourne Cup is another one on Sonny's horse called Ashron. Ooh, uh, yeah. That's 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 over here, and that's What's the odds? Um, been doing some great things. I think it initially opened up at sixty dollars, and I think it's into nineteen dollars now. Well, so not yeah, huge so decrease. A, a fair bit of favourite. It 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 ran a it ran a second in a big race just before coming over, which some big horses have run in there and then came over um, previously and then won. So. It's, uh, it, it's 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 stood in good stead. It could go well. What an absolute cracker it is, guys! If you're out there listening, we do have a video log. Do we still have that, Carlo? Um, no, not yet. Okay, so we don't have that, guys. So don't worry about looking for the video log. Um, if you do want to have a look at the video log, go to either of our Instagrams or the Sport Project podcast. We now, will guys, get a YouTube channel. Sorry. We will get YouTube. We won't have any viewers, but we will get it. Um, <laughs> right, Chris, let's go to golf and let's we go. talk all things US Open. It US Open, it kicks off on the 17th of September and once again, an amazing achievement by the PGA to even get this thing up and running for all the players. However, there will be a couple of players that are going to be slightly upset. Scotty Scheffler, now 24-year-old, he's just finished fifth in the FedEx Cup. This is his rookie year. He's had an absolute phenomenal season for a young buck and he was one of, amongst the main dangers for actually taking this whole tournament out however he has contracted and tested positive for the dreaded COVID-19 on top of that Scottish Sheffler is quite a bad asthmatic as well so we all know mm. what COVID can do to people with breathing problems it can be quite fatal he's at home he's resting up he is fine he's had a replacement in Brandon Grace that's stepping in to play in the US Open um, big, big times for Brandon Grace. He's actually walked in and he's paying $201. I don't think that's a little a bad bet. But also, Sam Horsfield, the Englishman, tested positive COVID-19. Are they all so hanging out? two of them out. Are they all hanging out, are they? Yeah, they must be got strip clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they must be with Bernard Tomic. 
Uh, <laughs> Rory, Rory Sabatini. Whoa, 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 what's the story there? Have we got a story there? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been, uh, he's been. I don't, I'm not really familiar with the whole story. Let me finish with the US Open. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You will like this content, Chris. Content. Rory, Rory Sabatini has stepped in for Sam Horsfield. He's paying three hundred and one dollars now. If you wanna have a little bet on the US Open, I've got some odds for you here. Dustin Johnson, FedEx champion. He's paying a tasty $9. Do you know, he's, he's in some incredible form. John Ram, world number one, he's at $11. Rory McIlroy is paying a juicy $17. Can he turn it on for this? The big man, T-Dog, Tiger Woods, the man. He's paying $41. $41. 41. $41. $41 for, yeah, he's not actually... Him and Rory McIlroy just haven't kind of clicked just yet, but if they do, watch out. Dustin Johnson yeah. has been in... Absolute phenomenal form, and John Ram, who obviously beat Dustin Johnson with a 66-foot putt, is there to try and take him again. If you're keen to have a punt on the Aussies, Jason Day is paying $31. Adam Scott is $34. Mm. Good money for Jason Day. I wouldn't mind Jason Day at a little tipple there. What about one, Strongbow? I mean, Dechambo. Dechambo, 26 bucks. 26? He's paying 26 buckaroos as the big dog. Yeah. And um, how about this? There's one punter that's gone through William Hill in the UK. He's had £45,000 on Phil Mickelson to win the US Open at 75 to 1. That's a return of $3.3 million. Now, Phil Mickelson has got wind of this and he's put on it on his Twitter page and he said, look, I heard, I've heard someone that's had um, 45K on me to win 3.3 million. I just hope for you, mate, that I've got a three-shot lead going into the 18th on the final day. So he's, uh, he, he's really hoping for it. And the lefty's not out of it. It's, it's a big ballsy bet at 75 to 1. Yeah, I love geez. you know what though if anyone can do it Phil Mickelson can he can turn mm. it on when he has to he has yeah he'd be still wearing those um, aviators so he looks like Cartman from South Park so he does <laughs> need to he does need to address that failing that he's, um, he's an absolute gun so yeah US Open starts this week boys I will be up bright and early with the girls or I'll be waking them up to watch it with me I don't quite know yet but I'll be watching it probably the latter probably the latter yeah, why not? Um, I really struggle to say that. Probably the latter. I think the I latter, mean. yeah. Oh, yeah. Good English. All right, guys, I want to talk to you guys about Formula One and NFL. There's been a lot of exciting stuff there. I don't know a few weeks back I sort of, I didn't put shit on Daniel Ricciardo, but I sort of said he wasn't driving the best and there's a lot of excuses coming out. But the last few weeks he's really turned it on. So on the weekend, the Tuscan Grand Prix. Are you um, taking credit for that, by the way? I think he should. I think, I think he should, sir. 100%. Because he listened to the show and he got upset by what you said. Well, no, he didn't get upset. He goes, well, I'm going to prove you wrong, Sash. And he has. He's come out, he's been driving well, and on the weekend, his car let him down. So he was in um, third position, coming towards the final few laps, and Alex Albon from Red Bull come past him and ended up finishing fourth, Ricardo, which is his, equals his best finish for Renault. Still hasn't got a podium finish with him. Um, it was a good race. Lewis Hamilton, absolute dynamo. He's out of control. Like I keep saying every week, guys, I think he's the best of all time. Mm. UK. I think he is. It's a, it's yeah. a big call, but he's, he's giving you no reason to question it. Yeah, he's going well. Um, other news in F1, Sebastian Vettel has officially signed with Aston Martin in 2021. That's a big signing. Mm. So, um, so what, they, I didn't even know they were in the F1, Aston Martin. Is that <laughs> sarcastic? No, that's Red Bull's true. Aston Martin. Ah, is it? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, but no, it's uh, yeah, Team Aston Martin, another team. So Sebastian Vettel signed with those. So some big stuff happening in Formula One, but um, obviously the big standout, Lewis Hamilton, just can't be beaten. He's um, he's out of control. 
Uh, I've heard I've heard some other news as well that the ex team manager of Ferrari went and seen Michael Schumacher, and he reported back that he's uh, he, he's fighting. Um, well, they say he said he's fighting fit, but obviously no. he must be in a better position than he was twelve months ago. I refuse to believe that, right? He's I honestly think he he's no good.
Well, I like the fact that he's, he's actually taken it on and said, listen, I've been at New, New England Patriots for, what, 10 years? And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try mm. and, and do the same. Now, I don't think he's under any, any illusion that he's going to win a, a Super Bowl in his first year, but I think the idea that he can, he can make some, some depth changes which would uh, affect the, the team in a positive manner, I think, I think it's great. A lot of people put age and attributes to players and, and going out at the top, but sometimes, mate, you know yourself, as a player, you just, you just want to play. So I think yeah. it's a challenge for him uh, not to, to be uh, brought back on what he's, what he's achieved in the game, but I think it's a real opportunity for him to, to have, a, have a dig and, and do something different. Does, does anybody know the amount of money that he's getting? Because then that can be an also a contributing factor. He's not going to be getting paid peanuts. And then, and then my other question would be, should you just say that I'm going to stick around and make some more money for my family or I'm going to still just stick around and do that? <laughs> because I remember David Beckham going from Manchester United to Real Madrid to LA Galaxy and, and he came out in a media conference and said, I just want to test myself at various different levels and I really think I could do something with this. It was for the money, and you're talking to people like this, stupid. They're gonna think that you're the fucking idiot about it. You know, just come out and mm. say, "Mate, they pay me a fortune. Of course, I'm gonna keep playing." But David it would Beckham, be nice to see a bit of transparency like that. Yeah, I think David Beckham though as well. He went to LA Galaxy. He knew it was a standard below where he should have been at that point, and he ended up getting loaned out to uh, AC Milan twice. Remember, in his he had a mm. four-year contract, and he actually got loaned out uh, to AC Milan, which. Yeah which uh, kind of uh, uh, coincided with his LA Galaxy. And I think mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is now he owns Inter Milan. Um, Inter Miami. Inter Milan. Inter Miami, that's correct. And uh, he, he's got his own little franchise there in the US. I think, you know, he, he's, he's been a massive attribute to, to US sport and, it, you know, he's done really, really well. But again, money's got to play a part. It has to. You're not going to do it first. Let's just see how he goes. Like, he's played one game, guys. Like, let's just yeah, see how he yeah. goes, the big fella. Like, give him a chance. Suck him. Suck him his shit. Anyway, other let's news say, in the AFL, NFL. Let's go across NFL. Hey, we finally got an Aussie in the NFL, like a one who's actually going to be starting, not like your Holmes or your um, Jared Hayne. So, Jordan Mailata, I think that's how oh, you pronounce his he got a start, yeah. So he started in the third quarter um, against, it was Philly he was playing for, so my team, Philadelphia Eagles, against the Washington football team um, 156 kilos this guy is and he's 23 years old he's an absolute monster he was playing right tackle um, and although the boys went down Philadelphia 27 to 17 apparently by all reports he had a cracker of a game for his first time um, and uh, really held his own so good on him ex uh, South Sydney player uh, and he moves very well for a very big guy I watched um, Atlanta um, doing all the all the training because the the NFL brought out all the all the documentaries uh, you know covering his mm. his fought, well his, all his, his direction of going mm. into the NFL and it was amazing and he can seriously move for a big fella so you know that's, that's, that's alarming um, that's frightening yeah it is, it's it is good alarming. to see it's good to see an Aussie actually like at right tackle or, or another position besides a kick because we've seen a lot of kickers over the years like Sab Rocker and all the rest of it who have either been punters or kickers. So it's good to see an Aussie actually in the thick of it um, and making it big. And he's only young. He's only 23. So is I think he's got a lot of potential. Is Jesse Williams still playing? Don't know. I think okay. he's a singer. No, well, didn't he? Uh, I'm sure he played. Uh, no, he was a punter, wasn't he? No, he was. Uh, he Sab was, Rocker uh, was. Yeah, Sab Rocker. No, Jesse, a Jesse Williams. A few. No, well, if you know, <laughs> drop us a line on Facebook or MySpace. <laughs> 
Yeah, go on our MySpace and maybe you could join the podcast so we can actually have some real information on here instead of us just talking shop all the time. Some Burgess is going to play NFL. Yes. Now, we've gone through everything tonight, guys. Carlo, you did mention at the start, though, that you have a documentary or something that we all should be watching. Yes. Well, I thought, you know, Chris has come up with a few. You've come up with a a few. And there's one that really just caught my attention and... I can't, I can't stop watching it. In fact, straight after this, I'm going to watch another one. It's called The Dark Side of the Ring, and it's whoa, on whoa, SBS. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why has that caught your attention? <laughs> Have you been flicking on them tube channels? Yeah, that uh, is marvellous. Dark Side of the Ring. And oh. it's, it's about the sinister side of um, wrestling. Know. You know? Oh, Wrestling, like like proper wrestling, or WWE. Yeah, yeah, WWE, WWE, WWF. That's not proper wrestling. That's not proper. It's not real. Okay, all right. Um, performance wrestling is that better? Ah, yeah, is that yeah, better for you? Better, yeah, that's better. But the the stories are brilliant. Obviously, it goes through Chris Benoit. It goes. Uh, I, I don't know. Chris Benoit. Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah, all that he stuff? was a gold. There was a gold medalist, wasn't he? Oh no, no, sorry, that was Kurt Kurt Angle. Yep. So he knows them all. Gorgeous Gino back in the day and. Uh, Brody the Bruiser, all these early wrestlers, but mate, it's it was dark. It, it was mm. a dark place. Chris Benoit, unfortunately, you know, um, took his own life, but but he he actually murdered his own wife and murdered his his, his young son, and Oof. then took his own life. And it was it was it was just yeah, it's traumatic. But the actual uh, the the episodes are done really really well, really well put together, and and uh, yeah, I. I I would uh, advise anyone to watch it and just uh, enjoy it and give us some feedback, see what you think. It was a fucking horrific sales pitch based on what happened with one of the mate. wrestlers. I don't think I'll be watching it. Oh, Thank it was, you, though. Mate, it was... I actually, yeah, I'm going to watch that just before I go to bed so I can have a really oh, but the, but I think the, the, wor- the, the worst part of that, the worst part of it is, obviously the WWE, he didn't turn up for a fight and then they said, listen, can we have a welfare check? And they went around and they found, but they didn't release all the stories so they told him that he'd passed away. Yeah, so they've released it and done this massive tribute, and then they, a couple of days later, they released what he actually did before he, uh. he took his own life. And the WWE were we were retracting all our statements. You know, we can't we can't uh, support someone who, who did what he did. It, it was it was mad. It was. Mad. It sounds like a real happy story, and I'm glad we ended on that. So everyone can <laughs> good now watch. go home depressed. Really appreciate that, Carlo. There's some funny stories. Do you have a joke for us, Colin? Do you want to finish on a joke? Let's finish on a joke, Colin. Give us a joke. I've got one for you. I've got a golfing joke for you. Go on, go on. Oh, not this one again. Is it the Irish one? Have I told you that? Yeah, you you, you actually said it on the show. Again, you've actually said that on the show. (laughs) To be honest, we only get 20 20 listeners a week, and you know what? Probably not going to be the same 20. Get it, Chris. Go. No, go on, Carlo. You go. I can't believe I've told that one. I haven't got any jokes, really. Hey, why I've got one? Why don't you see? Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do you not see any Liverpudlians in Star Trek? I don't even know what that fucking means. No, I don't know. They're gone. Why? Why don't you see any people from Liverpool in Star Trek? There you go. Because uh, <laughs> they won't work in the future either. <laughs> right, I've got you one here. So there's, um, there's, there's a primary school teacher. And she wants, to, she wants to educate years three and four on what happens behind the scenes in horse racing. So she gets this group together. She takes them down to Flemington Racecourse. She's got all these years three and four, all these little kids running around. So they get taken to the stables. They get taken to the jockey's rooms. They get taken where they, where they mount the horses. They get taken just about everywhere. And all the kids go, miss, 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 I need the toilet. Can you take me to the toilet? So she says, sure. So she takes all this group to the toilet. They go, Miss, I can't reach up there. Can you help me up? So she goes in the boys' toilet. She helps the boys up. 
They have their way, she takes them down and off they go. One by one, they come in, she goes, yeah, well done, well done. One comes in, she picks him up, she goes, oh, he unzips his pants, flops his old fella out, as a way, she goes, oh my God, you must be year four. He said, no, miss, I'm riding the favourite in the next, but thanks for your help. All right, on that note, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Another week done for the Sport Project podcast. Renee's not here, but we wish her all the best, and hopefully next week we get her on deck. Carlo, Chris, pleasure as always. Yeah, the lads, and I will see you next Tuesday. Get around it, boys. See you then.